A girl born in a village in Italy went on to travel the world all by herself becomes a full-time novel writer and has love for motorcycle rides what's her secret welcome to the art of solo traveling podcast where we share skills mindset and inspiration for solo traveling I am Babu the creator of this podcast and I am truly grateful to serve you and help you in any way I can and I thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking out time to listen to this podcast Today we have a very special guest on this podcast Linda She's from Italy she has been traveling for many years She's a writer. She has love for motorcycle rides and she has no plans to stop anytime soon. And she is going to share with us her secrets on how she has designed this incredible lifestyle and is living her dream. Linda, welcome to the Art of Solo Traveling podcast. where we share skills mindset and inspiration for solo traveling and when i met you few years ago in mexico and i learned about your background i realized that you know like it was very inspiring for me very honestly and very intriguing that the things you had done before and the way you had structured your travels and you know the adventures you were going in and when i had this idea of bringing people who have traveled for real you know like they are not bloggers vloggers but they have like deep intense you know like uh, travel experience one of the first persons which came in my mind was you okay so i am and i'm dead serious about this so thank you so much for agreeing to this so we will start like tell us about yourself and your solo travels tell us uh, who you are where you're from what have you been up to till now in life okay so um well i'm from italy and i grew up in a small village like rural in northern italy and then when i was uh, 19 i moved to london to go to university and study creative writing and it was quite the shock moving from such a small village to such a big city it took a bit of adjusting like it took a while and then for for the next uh, maybe 6 years or so i was constantly moving back and forth between london and my small town which was very interesting uh, because i i felt at home in both places and every time there was something i missed from one place or something i missed from the other um and it kind of taught me to appreciate a bit more maybe some things about my hometown that you know after growing up there you start taking for granted or like even resenting especially when you're a teenager you want to go to the big city you know but then when you live in the big city you you can see more the positive sides of like a small village and like a smaller community um so then yeah, i i finished my i finished my bachelor and i started my phd still in creative writing and because it's a practice phd you're essentially writing a novel and writing your thesis i could do it remotely and at that point i realized well i i don't really have to be in london 
I don't have to be in my hometown and there aren't really any job prospects there. Uh, so why not travel a little bit while I do this? And also during my time at university, because I was publishing and working with some smaller publishers, they started hiring me to translate some of their titles in Italian. Um, and so I was like, okay, great. I almost accidentally stumbled across this uh, job that I could do remotely. Great. This is a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's when I when I started traveling. I think I started, it was probably 2014. Mm-hmm. And like I started small. I started small. I, I went to Spain, which is like nearby and like the language is similar to Italian. The culture is quite similar. Uh, I went just for two weeks. Um, and that started giving me the confidence to see that actually I was having a good time. I actually going there alone, I was able to meet people and make friends. And so... Uh, the next step, the next trip I took was I went to Japan for three months, which was all that my visa allowed. And I had been to Japan previously on like an organized trip with like a group. So I was like, okay, it's far away, but I've been before. I know how it works. I felt really safe there. I feel like it's a good second step to push me a little bit further out of my comfort zone. And I really, really enjoyed it. So then I went back another couple of times. And like first I was based in Tokyo. Then I was based in Okinawa. And then I just started like traveling from Okinawa going north, just kind of randomly uh, using like local trains, local buses, and just discovering a lot of like smaller places that you wouldn't necessarily see like on a on a tourist guide, you know? Um and then after Japan, I, I went to Spain for some time. I was in the mountains near Granada. I was in a farm there. Then I went to north of Germany. I went to Hanover for some time. Then I moved to Venice because I had to do some research for my PhD because my PhD was going to be a, a steampunk novel set in like 1800s Venice so I, I need to do this some historical research yes yes oh. for my PhD uh, then I moved to Prague for a few months because I was planning to set part of the novel in Prague in the end it didn't happen okay. but it was still like a really great experience and after that I moved to Laos uh, you know like in Southeast Asia Southeast and I was Asia. there for about six months and it was wonderful I really, really enjoyed it. And also in Laos, that's where I learned how to ride a motorbike. Oh, um, wow. In Laos. Yes. Nice. Yes, because it was useful to move around. Uh, it was my first time in a country that was maybe a bit less organized and with a bit less infrastructure than the countries I'd been to previously. So it was necessary to have a little motorbike to go around. And the traffic was complicated the roads were very difficult because also I was staying in a small villages mostly so it was a real like baptism by fire in terms of learning how to drive after that I decided to stay in Europe for a little bit just to be closer to my family so I went to Fuerteventura in the Canary Islands and at this point I had already decided I wanted to stay in warm places because I, okay. I really do enjoy warm places after that I moved to Cape Verde in Africa. It's uh, more or less in front of the coast of Senegal. 
and I was there for a few months, again, in, in a small island called Mayo, in a small village there. And after that, I went to Mexico through a series of coincidences. I didn't really know where I wanted to go when a friend from Fuerteventura was living there. I saw her pictures. I liked it. So I decided, okay, I'm just going to check it out. Plus, I've never been on that continent, so it would be very interesting. And then I fell in love with Mexico and I ended up going back like two more times. Mexico. Yes. And of course, these are the places where I have lived. So which I consider like two months or more. So it's been like between two and nine months a year. And then, of course, I I've been to other places, but just maybe for a few weeks, like Cuba, like, I don't know, Malta. Poland, Portugal, Thailand, uh, and then I passed maybe from Canada, from Austria, from France, but just short visits. Right. And so that's where I'm at at the moment. Of course, I I had to stop during COVID, like everybody, because I was in Italy at the time visiting family, and so I got stuck. And then it was complicated to travel, and uh, my grandmother needed some assistance, so I just stayed here throughout 2020. And yeah, and so that's it, pretty much a summary of my travels. That's an, that's an interesting and a very incredible journey. See, one of the great things I found about what you just said is, see, I, I talk to a lot of people who are very concerned about visiting many countries. And uh, I always tell them that it's not the number of countries which you visit. It's really about the deeper experiences which you have in, you know, like the places you go. And in your travels, when you say that, okay, you first went to Spain and then to Japan, you stayed for three months and then Laos and then, you know, there is a clear thing. And that I think is very important for people who want to travel to understand that there is one is that we can just go to see a place. And then there is one that we actually feel the place where we want to spend more time. And that I think is incredible in your uh, journey. And second is that uh, how you baby stepped it, you know, like you said that uh, first you went to Spain, which was closer, you know, so you could get comfortable with uh, how is it and and then from there to Japan and then from there to Southeast Asia, then moving to Africa and then Mexico and all that. So that's great because a lot of people, they ask me that we want to travel to this place. So I tell them that first start exploring your own country. You know, if you have never traveled alone, first spend like a weekend just roaming around in your own place, your weekends. So thanks for bringing that up. And that's like a very, very important thing that anyone who wants to travel must learn that just baby step it, you know, like small vacations to a bigger vacations to learning motorcycle in Southeast Asia to like West Africa, is it like you uh, West Africa, right? You went uh, to yes, West Africa, yes, right? Okay, buddy. Yeah. yeah, West Africa is intense. So great. So tell me about this bike thing that uh, you started riding bikes in uh, Laos, right? And if I remember correctly, you went on a bike trip in Mexico as well. Yes. So yes. how did that idea came in? And, you know, because Laos is far more like people move around in motorcycles right yes. whereas in mexico that's motorcycles are not the norm and doing a motorcycle ride in mexico especially as a girl you know like that's very unique and very adventurous i'm sure so how did that idea cook then and how did you 
executed what happened there well so like my my relationship with motorcycles goes back a long way because my father was a biker and wow. so ever since i was a child i had this you know all this admiration for like motorbikes and like bikers um unfortunately he passed away before he could teach me how to ride and so for a long time i just didn't really have the chance to approach it and then yeah when i was in laos it was a necessity and i started doing it and i was a little concerned but then i you know i discovered i really really loved it like when i was a child it was that love had never faded like i never changed um and i greatly enjoyed it and i was really sad when i had to leave my bike in laos and and come back um and then when i was in the canary islands i took a few day trips on a motorbike but of course ah just a little i was just renting it um and then when i was in mexico and i had this uh, friend at the hostel who had motorbikes and he went on a few short rides together and i just i just really like it i really enjoyed it and That's i had really this fun. idea for a while that i wanted to take a longer trip i know it's it's quite common that people will travel around southeast asia on mm. a motorbike uh but i i just wasn't there at the moment and i was like okay then why not in mexico i have a motorbike i know the place a little bit and right. why not why wow. not it's it's just another road uh so the way i organized it was essentially to more or less organize the route knowing a few places where i wanted to stop and i would calculate okay let's say today i i think i can do comfortably maybe like 300 kilometers i'm going to arrive in this area where can i stop and sleep mm. so i would find the place before like even small local guest houses in in villages so you just take it one day at a time because if you look at the entire thing and you're like man like i want to cross mexico coast to coast and then come back and it's going to be 6000 kilometers and like wow, so 6000 kilometers they can get a little intimidating but if you take it one day at a time it's just like any other trip really and did you f- f- face any problems on the way or a few small things like i don't know maybe some problem with the clutch or okay. at some point i had to change one of the tires or i don't know broke one of the blinkers nothing crazy nothing crazy um i guess maybe the most challenging part was at some point i was in ohaka city and i wanted to go down to puerto escondido so you have to cross the mountains there passing from san jose del pacifico and i had underestimated a little bit exactly how cold it was going to be at the top oh, yeah. because oh. uh, yeah it was uh, they are about 3000 meters if i'm correct so and it was late november So, so by the time I was at the top it was maybe 2 3 degrees and uh, I wasn't exactly prepared but uh, but still it, it was great fun it was, I just traveled during like the hottest hours yeah. of the day and of course you have to be careful because it's a mountain road there's like right. a lot of curves and a lot of trucks Absolutely. but I was just going slowly and paying attention you know right Yeah motorcycle rides are great. I 
I had a motorcycle for a long time because in India you also used to, you know, like uh, do the normal stuff like a job and everywhere. We have a motorcycle culture. And I stayed in rural India for like two years. You know, like I was doing, I wanted to see rural India. When, this is like mm. long back in 2003. Mm. So I just uh, went and found a job there. I was just out of college. I was 22 years old. And I stayed there for like two years. And I had a motorcycle. And my job was a field job. So I went to maybe five, 6,000 villages of India, you know, like uh, in one and a half, two years. And motorcycle was is a great way to travel because you can get into places, come out, right? And also, I would say like the interesting thing about traveling with the motorbike is that I ended up discovering a lot of places that I wouldn't have found otherwise yeah. because if you're just taking the, the bus, you know, it will take you from point Absolutely. A to point B and... But with the motorbikes, especially sometimes I was like, okay, well, I have to stop here for the night. I, I don't know anything around here. Let me just pick a random place that looks Absolutely. interesting. And so I discovered um, a lot of like smaller villages and like smaller areas that are off the beaten track. And I made some great connections and great friends there. Like sometimes Absolutely. I was going to stop for the night and I ended up staying for two weeks and I made some friends that I still go back and visit. Yeah, um, that happens. So that's the great advantage, I would say. Oh, yeah, yeah. With motorcycle, definitely. You can cover long distances, you know, because in car, it's harder to cover long distances. And the freedom you get in motorcycle is really amazing. Really amazing. I completely agree to that. Yeah, I mean, it does have some downsides. Like, of course, yeah. you wouldn't want to be traveling in the rainy season because that could get complicated. True. And uh, true, true. maybe in the car, you feel a bit more confident traveling when it's dark. Whereas with the uh, motorbike, I would rather yeah. avoid that. But in general, besides, I, I just think it's great fun. And, it's great fun. And like the, the big difference that I noticed, like Laos, but like Italy, they are territories that are... I want to say quite small. We don't have big spaces because we have a lot of mountains, a lot of hills, and like mm. things are quite cramped. Whereas Mexico is huge for a Mexico European going it's to a place huge. like Mexico. It's massive. We've only ever seen that kind of landscape in the movies. Absolutely. So some days I would be traveling for like eight, nine, ten hours, just driving in this amazing huge landscapes yeah. without seeing anyone without seeing a single house a single town and for me it's mind-blowing because it's something that in Italy could never happen and if you're on a motorbike you feel a bit more part of the environment Nature. you feel True. more you're not quite as isolated from it as you would be in a car uh, and you feel also very very small sometimes which is uh, humbling very beautiful, very beautiful. Yeah, motorbikes. I, I just love it. traveling by motorbike, despite how uncomfortable it can get. Yeah, that's great. I did a motorcycle ride once from Bangalore in south to a place called Kuta, which is just at the center of these three states, and you have to cross like 200 kilometers from jungle. And it's just mm -hmm. a small village. And if you stay in that village, you will see tigers, you know, like because it's surrounded by jungles and all. And that time <laughs> I used to do wildlife photography. So I went on a motorcycle, my motorcycle. And on the way, I had some problems with brakes. But I went, I went, I went. And it was just because there I could never have reached by 
you know like local buses and all or it would have taken a lot of time and that entire landscape i completely agree with trees everywhere and it's changing and you know the roads getting thinner and it's nature like oh god it's really 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 beautiful so this traveling life of yours i think uh, you have been doing this since 2014 so that's almost like 8 years now right yes how are you able to sustain it with writing because writing i think is you need concentration and you know like you need that uh, space and constantly moving and then you know like how are you able to sustain that well that's the thing i'm i'm not really constantly moving because i don't hop from place to place but rather for... i move somewhere and then i live there for yeah. 3 months 6 months 9 months right. and Clearly maybe I will take like a month or two to do some more traveling but mostly I stop in a place and I build my routine and I get to know the place and I make friends and so then of course I have the time to do my work because I'm not on vacation I am living there and therefore I also have to work so like sometimes I would be in a place and some tourist who's like hopping by like two days here two days here two days here will be like Oh, oh how can you be in such a beautiful place and spend the afternoon working? And I'm like, because I'm not doing what you are doing. Here, It's different. Yeah. Like yeah. this is my yeah. life. I need yeah. to work. Yeah. You know. And and also I'm here for three weeks, uh, so I can afford to spend time doing my job, which is what allows me to travel. So to be honest, like I make money mostly with my translation job. Um. the writing i make a bit of money but like it's a it's a slow moving industry because i'm not i've been self publishing for a while but at this moment this new novel that i'm i'm editing at the moment i have an agent and she's going to try to sell it to like a traditional publisher it's a very slow industry even if she sold it tomorrow it would be at least one if not two years before it gets published so until you are a bit more established you can't really rely on that to to make an income unless you self publish and you write pretty right. fast and you put out a consistent amount of books and so at that point it's your backlist right that gives you the bulk of the money like this idea that you're going to write the one best seller and get rich that's not how like the writers that i know who make a living out of writing that's not how it works they don't have one book that makes millions they have 30 books and every month each book makes a little bit and that's all together right. makes cool. a living wage nice um, that's a great but, insight yes so that but i don't really write that fast i think uh-huh. my maximum has been at one point maybe two three books in a year um so i i can't exactly use that strategy yet i right. would say uh but also to be honest i did try to make a career out of writing and it sort of um took the fun away a little bit from it because then you're always concerned you know you have to think about the market if you want to make a living right, out absolutely. of it so it's like what But is popular anything. right now is this going to sell is my editor going to like this and of course maybe a specific publisher wants a specific thing and so i don't know it just really wasn't that fun anymore and i know right. quite a few writers who tried to do this and in the end they burnt out and they stopped writing even i stopped right. writing for a few years oh, yeah? and so now i'm like i would rather 
make money with something else, which is still related. Like I translate novels and comics, oh, so yeah. it's still something that I love. But at least I can write, you know, at my own pace and write what I like and not have to worry that maybe it's not going to sell because that's not the that's not the point. I don't depend on it to survive. So I have a bit more freedom. Freedom. Yeah, that's true. That's very interesting to know. And was it hard to convince your family for of this type of a lifestyle or like doing these motorcycle rides or, you know, traveling solo? Was it hard? Well, no. Not really, because, you know, remember, I, I did move to England when I was 19 for university by myself. Uh-huh. And I so by the time I started traveling, I had already been gone from home for like six or seven years. Mm. Uh, so they were used to that. Okay. And so I started little bit, little bit. And by the end, I was on a roll. And but it, it was baby steps for them as well. I think they just right. got oh, used yeah. to the idea, you know. And and in fact, for example, like my mom and my grandma, they are very excited about my travels. I bet, I understand. My grandmother especially, you know, she always wants to see the pictures. I bring her nice souvenirs from wherever I go. Wow. And my mother looks up where I am on Google Earth so she can show my grandma. So they follow me in my trips. And of course, they are concerned because clearly, but... Um, I guess they, they just got used to it. It wasn't like a sudden decision, you know. Great. Yeah, they get used to it and they love it when they see their kids like going around and seeing all these amazing places because traveling is a dream for everyone. You know, everyone wants to go out. And I, I feel really privileged, actually, that I was able to travel so much before COVID. Because I think a lot of things are going to change after COVID, especially the hostel life and, you know, let's see how it goes. So I feel really privileged. Do you think that it's harder for a girl to solo travel? Have you felt that or how was your experience as a girl? Like any tips, well, advice or? To like- I would say there are definitely some extra challenges, uh, huh. especially some places are easier than others. Uh, some places are especially challenging. Um, you know, to be honest, all you can do is sort of be aware, be lucid, like keep your wits about you. But like a lot of it in the end comes down to luck because I can be very careful. But then I could meet someone aggressive or a creep right. and there was nothing I could have done to prevent it. So right. I have also been lucky that I I haven't met anyone like that because... And I see sometimes, you know, girls that are traveling and, you know, they do everything right and they are careful and everything and they just have the bad luck of coming across some bad situation or someone coming to look for them with bad intentions and there was really nothing you could have done. And uh, every time that happens, uh, then often a girl will tend to get blamed for something like this because like, why did you put yourself in danger? Why did you go abroad you should have stayed home but let's also remember that statistically uh, the greatest harm to women comes from their home comes from their partner in the home so staying at home doesn't keep you safe this is a myth right so i mean it it's always the same, you know, I could run into trouble walking through a street in Milan the same way I could run into trouble walking to a street somewhere else. You know, it's, uh, yeah, of course, you pay attention, but there is only so much you can do, you know. 
you need to keep that into account. But on the other hand, I have to say that there are some, I have found some positive sides also. Yeah, I wanted to ask that. Like, what's, the, yeah, what's the most fun <laughs> side of traveling as a solo girl? Well, while you have limitations on one hand of things you can do and maybe places you can go, like for instance, some of my guy friends or like my ex-boyfriends, they could go alone to places where I couldn't go by myself. But I also have access to some more private spaces that guys don't really have access to. For example, maybe when I was in Laos or when I was in Africa or even in Mexico, in more maybe traditional societies, I really like to go and hang out with the women maybe when they are cooking and we can cook together and they teach me some new recipes or like I show them some recipes and I get to see the sort of this private female side of the society that normally remains enclosed within the house and where that men don't have access to are not interested in accessing. Right. Um, I was talking to a friend who's an anthropologist and uh, when he's living in some Maya village and he wants to go and learn a recipe in the kitchen, people look at him like he's weird. They laugh at him because what are you doing? You're a man in the kitchen. That's not supposed right. to be your place. Right. Whereas I'm welcome there. And you you instantly feel this bonding because cooking with a Mexican grandma or an African grandma is no different than cooking with my grandma. It's wow. always the same atmosphere all over the world. And it's a type of bonding that for me being Italian it goes very deep and is very important. And even if you don't speak the language, like in Laos, I didn't really speak the language, but it didn't matter. We instantly felt bonded or even That's another amazing. space that I get to have access to is maybe that of beauty rituals. So like when I was in Cape Verde in Africa, uh, all these girls, you know, the, the hairdresser came and they were all getting braids and I was sitting there and all the little girls wanted to come and touch my hair because my hair was different and they were so interested. Wow. And this again is a space where a guy should, wouldn't go or right. like a, a local that. man doesn't go because right. they're not very interested. So this is a positive side, I would say. Yeah, I never thought about it, but that's like, that's really real that, uh, you know, like I have never, I have met like small guys and all who have been intrigued, but they have never come and, you know, like, initiated conversation but that's a great point that uh, I think you can get closer to the culture if as a girl you know, there's certain Definitely. parts of the culture that you can get access to and as a guy you won't get access to yeah that's uh, that's really true there was an Indian girl I met somewhere I think in Panama and she was also she was doing like some cooking stuff with some woman in the Panama village and she was into handicrafts and all that. So, yeah, that's a great point. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Yeah, I, I never thought about it. That's like experience, you know. You can never think about this unless you have experienced that. Great. Yes, of course. I mean, if you were only traveling to the tourist places and staying in hotels, oh. this doesn't apply because it's not something you would see. But because I like to go and live in more rural areas, in villages, to kind of, you know, get to know the, the local people and, like, live there and like I build a life there they get to know me and right. so that's how I become part of their society right. and I have to say they are really really welcoming especially Very like welcoming. all the grandmas are always so happy that somebody wants to come and hang out and learn how to cook you know 
Plus, right. then when I come home, I get to teach my grandmother recipes from all over the world. So. Wow, that's so sweet and that's so fun. <laughs> you know, that's like an amazing thing you can do while traveling. Yeah, actually, this thing which you have brought up is like so critical that one of the things I believe that if you're traveling, you really have to dive into the place. Like, pick spots where you are going to spend like three months, four months, you know, like stay there, get to know the local people, you know, make some bonds, friends. That's when you will get access to those, you know, like deeper things. Like Tulum for me, you know, like that entire area is one of them. Then uh, Guatemala is also, you know, there's a place. Flores, I'm sure you have known Flores, right? So I Flores, haven't been to Guatemala, but I have heard oh, about it. Oh, it's beautiful, it, yes. yeah. So Flores, I was there for many months and I was there at the lake for like two, three months. So I had an incredible time, like made friends with these boat guys and, you know, like rural farmers and all. And then they took me to places which as a tourist or as a traveler, you cannot access unless you make friends with them. And that's like a very important element of uh, traveling that you really form some bonds and really get into the local vibe. Because without that, you are just, you know, it's like seeing the place and moving on, which is, you know, not that fun. So, of course, and then, uh, like, don't forget, I also come from the countryside, from a rural places. So even though I lived in big cities, I lived in London, I lived in Tokyo, I'm involved in academia, whatever, but my roots are still in the countryside life. So when I'm sitting in a small village in Mexico, like, I don't know, cleaning the vegetables that we just picked from the garden, or like when I'm in a field in Laos, like planting tomatoes, uh, that's still the same atmosphere as when I'm home. Oh, like it. some yeah, things yeah. never change. Never some change. things never change. Uh, never change. I agree. I am actually born and brought up in a big city, but my family comes from, you know, like rural areas. So we used to go to villages all the time. So for me, it's like both. I really love the rural areas a lot, but I also love like the vibe of big cities. Like I love Mexico City. I really love it to stay there and, you know, like to just, I've stayed there for many years actually, but uh, also like, uh, see, I like New York also, New York or uh, Guatemala City is great. So for me, it's both. But uh, yes, this part, definitely. I think is the most important that you stay for some, like some people just go to Mexico City for like a week and they party and move on. I mean, then you cannot feel the magic of Mexico City. It's like I remember when when I was living in London and I was maybe three months there, two months in my hometown. Like I have moments where I feel like I want the big city and I want all the cultural activities that uh -huh. you can find there. And it's really convenient and you can always find a conference, a museum, something interesting to do. And then I have moments where instead I want to be in the countryside and just in the nature. So right. generally I alternate. Maybe I'll. Yeah, that's I'll, the best. You know, strategy. during a trip, maybe I, I will work in a hostel in Prague and like enjoy a bit the party, the city, the museums. Yeah. And then when I'm saturated with that, I will then move to a remote island somewhere and just enjoy nature for a few months. Right. And then when I want more activity, then I go back to the city. And that's why I think in the future it will be very difficult to pick where to live because I appreciate both and I feel the Me need too. for both. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Like, I really feel the need for both because nature is very important just to, you know, like uh, get closer to yourself. I, I get into this, I get good ideas, then I'm able to just know myself more and come closer to nature. 
that's like just like a meditation and you know like a wellness thing for me and then city also because in big cities i find the pace of life and the chaos really cool you know like everything is moving so fast and people are going to offices and there are like bars and nightclubs so i think both of them are important but uh, yeah yes. i agree to that and also as a writer i feel maybe when you're in the big city you're getting a lot of input from all right. over the place but you are kind of moving all the time and at some all point you need some silence to write so then when right. you go to a quiet place that's where you let it all settle and then it can come out in right. writing you need right. a balance of both you need a balance i think if like one thing i have found is that uh, a theme sometimes helps like there was a friend of mine he was my spanish teacher actually he was very much interested in museums so he traveled in europe and he went to like 70% of his travels was just staying at a place and going to historical sites museums and and all of that so that can also help that you know like uh, if you are interested in something then just make that and move around with that i found like diving for me was one thing when i was traveling in caribbean so i went from mexico to panama from Caribbeans and I returned back from the Pacific you know so it was like a V shaped so that time I got introduced to diving so I just kept that okay wherever I go I'm going to dive so I dove in lakes rivers and many places so that actually helped me a lot in terms of just getting used to the places because since there was just diving I was there and then I explored places around because diving is usually in nature so you know of that course. can also and i i understand your friend because when i was growing up in italy i went to art high school so we studied right. a lot of art history so that's something that i've always been very interested in and right. so of course i have a soft spot for like museums and you know in italy we mostly studied italian art and a bit of european art but not much beyond that so right. now when True. i get to go and see like mexican museums and like study especially mexican contemporary art which we we never studied it's really really well it's a passion of mine oh, it's so it's very yeah, interesting it's very, and mexico culture history is really awesome it's really amazing that i like history so i went to so many mayan sites in mexico latin america and through that i also got closer to the mayan people and you know it, it's really awesome it's really really amazing So next like uh, what is your take on like dating and relationships in long term traveling that how has been your experience like is it hard to manage or you find like great guys like what has what has been your experience on that front Well the thing is I I may not be the best person to give advice on this because uh-huh. I'm really not particularly interested so I'm not really actively pursuing this um I I I wouldn't really know like of course I can see how it might be a challenge to establish mm-hmm. a long-term relationship unless maybe uh you meet another traveler and you decide to mm-hmm. travel together but um I think it, it's a little difficult to find someone that you match with and right. you can travel well with like some of right. my very best friends whom I adore whom I have lived with in the past in London maybe But then if we try to travel together after a weekend we are already getting on each other's nerves because we are just interested in different things we have a different rhythm we have different traveling style um so that can be a little difficult like 
And maybe I try, I try traveling a little bit with some ex-boyfriends, but I don't know. We just never really matched. Like maybe one guy was quite inexperienced and always got frustrated and angry and complaining and whining mm. about all the little mishaps that happen during travel that then, you know, are right. the fun part of it. And you, I couldn't really travel with someone so negative and complaining all the time. Or maybe this other guy was actually mostly mostly interesting in staying in bars and getting drunk all day which yeah sure it's great for one or two evenings but I actually want to do things and see things and have a life beyond that because if I just want to stay at the bar getting drunk I can do it from home I don't need to go to the other side of the world um so of course I've met like plenty of like lovely guys but we were all just passing by like in different directions so you meet for a little bit and maybe you share part of the road and as a friend said I I like to define it not quite traveling together but traveling next to each other for a little bit that's a beautiful way to put it yes um so we travel next to each other for a little bit and then you know we go our separate ways but I I think I've learned to really appreciate what it is in the moment Um, and yeah but but as I said I'm I'm just I just really enjoy my own company and like the freedom and flexibility of this kind of travel and of course when you travel together it's normal you make compromises you make decisions together and I, I just haven't really been in the situation, really, and I'm not that uh, keen on pursuing that. That's all. So I, I, I don't have much advice to offer. Well, that's great advice, what you've said. I think uh, one of the things, the pull for solo traveling is because you really enjoy the flexibility and the freedom. And then you start appreciating the moment, you know, the length of any relationship doesn't matter. It's the, you know, the intensity and the pureness, the authenticity, whether it's for like two weeks or one month. And I that's one of the things I learned in, when, while traveling that uh, not only girls or also like friends and all, you, you are with them for like two weeks and you do something really memorable and you come close, but then you have to part ways. So that's like a very, very important uh, <laughs> element for people to understand if they want to travel solo because it's hard to... Uh, form a relationship on the road and then because it just totally changes the direction of your life overall because solo traveling is a lifestyle right that if you are doing remote and constantly doing it you are doing it but how, how is the this relationship part with your friends back home or your cousins or you know like is the how, how do you maintain that well I mean my relationship with the friends back home was already a bit difficult because I went to high school in a town quite far away so then we all scattered and then I went to university in London and then we all scattered so I think part of what helped me to start traveling was that I didn't really have um, strong roots here like socially so it wasn't like I it was really hard to leave a solid community like we were already all scattered around um I still have like my childhood friends here and it's really nice like we keep in touch of course and then every time I come back like we meet up and like we catch up and even though our lives are going in very different direction like the affection is always still there Right. Uh, and of course over the years I've made 
plenty of like really good friends and like the only thing that makes me sad is that they are maybe one is in Wales, one is in Spain, one is in Mexico, one is in Africa and I would just really like to be able to you know pop by to have a chat and have a coffee in person or like introduce them to each other. Um, that's, That's I would say the only sad part that I would like to be able to see them in person more often but it is what it is after yeah, all it, everything has uh, you know i would never have met them if i didn't have this lifestyle true so there are of course good sides and bad sides to this kind of lifestyle like everything true. else true 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 so like what did you learn from the solo traveling did you discover anything about yourself or the world like how did it change you or impact you in any way well i would say one big thing is the increase in confidence because you know gradually as you go you learn you accumulate experience and then you learn that you can really rely on yourself and on your skills to handle situation to face new things to face new challenges and you develop your organizational skills and everything so then you feel of course i feel a lot more capable now than i was when i started so that's very good it it taught me that i am a reliable person and I can I can rely on myself to handle things um, and also I have discovered that I have this thing that I, I can really feel at home anywhere and I have this ability I'm not sure um, I can really make create a community everywhere I go. That's something I used to do already at home. I was always sort of the one organizing, like bringing people together. So everywhere I go, I really enjoy the fact that in the end, I create this little community, this little found family, which is incidentally, this found family is like a, a writing trope in fiction, which is one of my favorite things to use in novels also. You know, the the lone traveler that arrives somewhere and then creates this little family of other weirdos. And yeah, like I enjoy that in writing and I really enjoy that in my life as well. And of course, then it's sad when, you know, everyone has to depart eventually. But the connection remains and traveling is is an excellent way to sort of filter through the the people who were just... um, I like to call them geographical friends. You were just friends because you happen to be in the same place and the ones that will really remain friends for a lifetime because you need to make an effort to keep in touch. Right, you have to make an effort, true, true. So eventually, you know, the ones that you really care about and they really care about you remain and that's beautiful. Wow. And also, I would say another thing that I have learned from the traveling is how to lead quite a minimalistic lifestyle because when I started traveling I brought way too much stuff like I had a big suitcase and of course traveling to warm places makes it easier because you don't have to carry like big sweaters or coats or anything but right now for the past few years I will go somewhere for six months and only have a carry-on luggage because I don't really need more than that like and that's been a process even still nowadays after every trip I'm like okay I realized I didn't use this this and this so I can just leave them at home so you just get more and more minimalistic and that's also a good skill to learn because you realize you don't really need a lot of the stuff that you think you need 
Right. You don't need. Yeah, yeah. That's so. That's so. That's a very natural learning which you get when you start traveling for long. That you can't carry on a lot of stuff, and you have to shed off stuff. So, and it doesn't matter if you have like just three T-shirts or you know like just one jeans. So yeah, that's great. That's great. And about making friends, like how do you go and make friends? Is that something you do? You have any tips on how to make this community when you? Because that's you have said like something so important. <coughs> because a lot of people think that solo traveling is lonely traveling. You know, like this, like they get this image that there's this guy who's a weirdo and he's just roaming around without any human connection. Whereas in my experience, and I'm sure in yours too. man you have to work hard not to socialize you know it's totally opposite you know that's a very good point <laughs> yeah really like and for me whether it it's in a hostel or like in a big city where i don't stay in usually in hostels and airbnbs it's always harder to you know like not to open a conversation and all that so any tips on that well of course like if you are traveling fast let's say popping from hostel to hostel it's easy it's pretty straightforward and nobody needs advice on that and but when you go live somewhere it can get a little challenging because of course you don't want to just meet hostel travelers that will be gone tomorrow you know of course yeah, you want absolutely. to to meet someone who's going to stay for a while so for example one thing i really enjoy is um doing volunteering and i would usually maybe pick a place where there's a group of volunteers so i'm like okay there's at least like 3 4 6 people that are going to also be there for a few months so that's already a base and then maybe it's a volunteering where i get to meet locals and like meet people so that's another way to meet people and then depending where you are there are different instruments like for instance when i was in lisbon for a week there was a lot of activity for example on meetup and a lot of events organized for like digital nomads and like mm. language exchanges and right. i don't know organizing to go together to see the fado music or whatever so cool. i got to meet a lot of people through that or i don't know for example there are some cultural activities i really like crafting workshops so maybe you go to the workshop and you will meet other people there um art conferences literature conferences whatever and instead if you're in a small village you know it's a small village walk around you're a new walk face around, uh, everyone will talk to you so so welcoming just be just be open yes just be open um that's why even if i'm going to stay somewhere for a while and maybe live on my own maybe i like to start spending a week or two maybe in a hostel just to hear where are the events where are the things that i might be interested in to get some leads um because if if you arrive and you're alone in your airbnb and you're like working alone from home on your computer it can get complicated um i know there are even like co-working spaces that people can use i've never really used them because i end up meeting so many people like naturally that i don't really need to go looking for them but that's a, a really good option as well So as you say it's uh, you have to work hard not to socialize yeah, in my experience. Yeah, yeah, you have to work hard. And you have to put in the effort too like if you're a shy person and you're starting out I think you need to like put in the effort because once this barrier is broken 
then you will meet a lot of people and people are in my experience like wherever i have gone people are so welcoming that oh wow you're from india or even like in india if i go to different states they're like oh you're from delhi wow how is things there so that's yes, never a fact, challenge uh, i realized it for me it's a lot easier to meet new people while traveling for instance than when i'm home because when you're traveling and you meet a lot of other travelers they want to socialize they Absolutely. are a certain kind of person in a certain kind of mind frame whereas for instance when i'm home in northern italy people tend to be quite closed off and they have their group of friends that they've been friends with since elementary school and they're not really interested in talking to a stranger so actually it's a lot harder here Absolutely. unless you have someone who introduces you into the group you know absolutely and people i think non travelers any city like in my experience whether chicago or new delhi or you know like uh, mexico city most of the people they are not used to meeting new people you know they are not because they have their lives going to office coming back they have this same friends from either office or from school college and when you are traveling my god like you will be stunned and surprised that how many of people eat and that comes with the territory you know people that don't travel they have their routine and their friends and so, that's normal but when you are a traveler you know we're all in the same boat we're all right. alone right, and we're right. all generally friendly people so you will right. be looking more for connections right. true 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 so linda last question that what would be your advice to people who want to travel solo but they have these apprehensions and you know doubts and all that what would be your last piece of wisdom so that they can go and you know like see this incredible life because in the world it's it's just amazing to be able to travel for long and by yourself it's it has a magic to it well the the first advice is as we were saying in the beginning it would be baby steps baby steps like i have some friends who have never traveled and they see me and they're like oh what about if i move to mexico oh, but it's so scary so complicated and i'm like oh, okay slow down you don't need to you know pick up and move to another continent you can you know start spending a weekend here a week in spain a month nearby true and remember what i used to think when i was starting out and i was nervous it was like okay if i don't like it i can always come back nobody's keeping me there by force like it's fine go try if you don't like it if you decide that you don't like traveling or whatever okay you can come back like nothing is set in stone but mostly long term traveling is a different beast altogether you're not just taking 6 months of vacation mm-hmm. you know backpacking around it's a lifestyle so it's different and it has it's on different challenges because you don't have a home to come back to you don't have a community to come back to you don't have that stability you don't have that security and that can be scary that can be destabilizing at times you know um so one thing you need to work on is to have a solid foundation within yourself because this is very difficult to not have the security that comes with a home base and with a routine and with a steady community sometimes it's been complicated for me sometimes i thought about stopping because it was getting really challenging so i do suggest like taking care of your own emotional and mental health like when i was having trouble i 
you know, contacted an online therapist and like we are still in touch every now and then. There is no shame in that. Like you need to take care of yourself if you want to lead this kind of life. And also another important thing that I have noticed over the years, I have met quite a few long-term travelers uh, who were maybe a bit lonely, depressed and quite lost because they were not really sure of their goals. And I mean, that can be really destabilizing because for me, at least having my career goals and my personal goals is really important because at least I keep moving in a direction. I have a goal. I'm not just kind of wandering aimlessly. I don't mean a geographical side. I am wandering aimlessly geographically, but not in my life, not in my intention. So I think trying to to be clear minded on, you know, what are your goals? Uh, the traveling is great, but what are you building? What do you want? What is Absolutely. your purpose? It's important to be clear on those things. Otherwise, it's easy to get lost. And, and that can, can get depressing for people. And of course, everybody is probably going to go through a phase like this at times, but it's important to sort of pay attention to how you're feeling and be mindful about that and just take care of yourself, take care of yourself. Yeah, that's very well put, Linda. Thank you so much for this uh, last piece of advice you've given, because a lot of people think that it's just like, you know, 24 by 7 permanent vacation. And, you know, a lot of people think that you don't go through those emotional roller coasters or challenges which you know you go through in life whereas you do go through a lot of challenges and it can get very hard sometimes like I have faced it you know like few times and you know that I call them travel depressions you know so very well put I think it's very important to understand that this is a lifestyle and someone needs to get used to it just that there is this common misconception like sometimes i will be talking to some friends who don't travel and they will be like oh you know you're you're so lucky i wish i could travel like it sounds so much fun it's like you're always living on a holiday and i'm like no 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 like this is not how it works like i'm not just going away on a holiday and then coming back home to my comfy life and comfy routine and my friends from childhood and my family it is difficult it is challenging which is why not everybody does it apart from of course the the monetary side of things it's like why are they not doing it when they want to because it's difficult because it's challenging because you need to deal with uncertainty insecurity a lot of new things no stability the working is more complicated and very complicated so i think subconsciously they probably realize that it's difficult which is why they know they wouldn't just pick up and do it but somehow when they think about it they fail to see that they think it's just great and fun and easy but it's not you know it's got positives and negative sides like any other lifestyle it's just the lifestyle that we chose and so we enjoy the good sides but of course also not traveling, I'm sure it has its positive sides, you know, the family security, being close to friends and whatever. So it's not, people that don't travel tend to idealize it a little bit, just because they see it as a permanent vacation. But as you were saying, that's not a realistic view of traveling. So there needs to be perhaps thought about before someone starts traveling, just be aware that it's not a vacation. Just remember that. I always tell people that try it out. Maybe it's not for you. And I do believe that this uh, 
I mean, it's encouraging also, but the latest trend of like social media and, you know, like uh, all this, because there are far more many people traveling right now compared to say, you know, like 50 years ago. And we know about them with social media and also a lot of people look at the pictures and, you know, like the way it's put across is that, oh, it's always fun and as if you were just whining and dining at expensive places or you're just chilling out and partying 24 by 7. But it's super challenging. Like initially when I started hopping in hostels, I mean, I had to literally work on putting my health in place because it's so easy to just, you know, like not exercise or start eating wrong things and start getting sick and you don't want to get sick in a hostel, you know. So I definitely agree to that. That's like a great way to put it. So what next for you now? You're going back to Mexico again? Yes, yes, I'm going back to Mexico shortly. Um, I'm going to this uh, island near Puerto Escondido because I have this. um, So actually, during the the quarantine of COVID, since I was stuck here, I took advantage of that to finish my thesis and get my PhD and become a doctor. But so now I still have to finish editing the novel, of course, before it can get published and um, I feel that's a very good place to do it, uh, a warm place, which, which I really enjoy. So for the moment, I'm just focused on getting the editing done and starting the ball rolling on getting this novel published and getting some academic stuff published. And after that, I will see, of course, now life has changed for all travelers because you need to be mindful of the situation with the COVID. And even though I'm fully vaccinated and I try to be careful because, of course, you don't want to be the guy who brings COVID somewhere where they don't have it or where they don't have the medical resources that we have in Europe, for instance, to deal with it. Uh, So, of course, I want to be mindful of that and I want to be respectful of that. Absolutely. So I guess, like everybody, I will just see how it goes and what happens because it's kind of hard to plan now which has been weird because I tend to be, I'm a writer, so we are control freaks by nature. We want to organize things. And normally I had my trips organized for the whole year, roughly. But at least I'm going to be six months here and three months there. And now you don't know because anything can change from one moment to the next. True. Like so, you'll, so yeah, I'm learning a bit more flexibility and like the not knowing everything and not controlling everything is not the end of the world. You can just go with the flow. A little bit more. Perfect. Perfect. Linda, thank you so much for coming. And, you know, like for my first podcast, it's really amazing because all the things which you have said, they are so true. Like if someone really wants to travel, it's so true. Like all the things you have said. So thank you so much for coming. It's really a pleasure to talking to you on traveling. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure. I hope it can be useful. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. So this was Linda with all her secrets, her tips, her advice, her stories about her incredible solo traveling lifestyle. I encourage you to listen to the episode a few times, take notes, try to really get the wisdom out of this uh, interview. There's a lot of important points she has said 
and if you want to reach out to her you can reach out to her through our website theartofsolotraveling.com or send us an email and we are going to get you connected to her and if you have any questions please reach out to me through Instagram, Facebook, Clubhouse or the website the handle name is the art of solo traveling and I'm going to do my best to help you in any way I can please review us let us know how we are doing how we can add more value to you and I look forward to talking to you soon take care goodbye